a wild, rugged region, transverse in fruitful valleys, mountainous um, area, and the early inhabitants of the land of Hem, the Horites. Uh, the Edomites destroyed them. Edom means red or muddy and was known for the reddish stone or clay that they would make, right? Their dwelling places. Um, Isu was connected to all things red or the red complexions at birth, the red stew and the red country. God is always purposeful. I love it. And his layers of stories and his poems um, and his wisdom. The Eastern's Bible Dictionary states the Edomites were Semites because they came from the line of Abraham, Isaac, right? And they were Semites closely related in blood and in language to the Israelites. These two people were related, yet differences forced between them. Why? Because they went to serve different gods. Now, was everyone in the kingdom of Edom a pagan or a bell worshiper? Probably not. Um, there probably were those who succeeded and left their tribe and ran to try to get um, back to the nation of Israel. I believe that is possible. There probably were those who escaped and went on their own, but they remembered and found the one true God and accepted Jesus as their savior. Absolutely, that is possible also. Who was Malik? Malachites, descendants of Malik, were an ancient biblical nation living near the land of Canaan. They were the first nation to attack the Jewish people after the exodus of Egypt. They are seen as the archetypical <laughs> enemy of the Jews. The nation of Amalek is long gone, but they live as an internal enemies that watch each battle on a daily basis. I don't believe that. I believe there's Amalek descendants um, in certain territories and certain lands. And I believe it still is going on right now. Who is Amalek? Philippe's son of Isu, the patriarch of Jacob's brother and sworn enemy. His concubine, Timnah, had a child named Amalek. Amalek grew up in Isu's household embedding Isu's pathological hatred for Jacob's descendants along the way. His offspring became a nation of Amalek and they lived in the south land of Israel, which is now known as Negev Desert. Following the battle, God commanded Moses to record the story of Amalek's treacherous act for prosperity and enjoined Moses' future successor, Joshua, to remember the attack as well. God promised to completely wipe out the memory of Amalek from the earth and to wage an eternal war with Amalek in every generation. This is why I believe they're still alive in every generation. When, in my opinion, what I have seen when God says from generation to generation, forever and ever, he means it. So do I believe there are still there's still a war going against the nation of Israel with the nation of Amalek to this time? Yes. The descendants of Esau, the Edomites, and the nation of Israel? Yes, I do believe this. Forty years later, as the Jews stood poised to enter the land of Israel, Moses reminded the Jews of the command to combat Amalek. Mm -hmm. 
Who were the Canaanites? According to a critical interpretation, the biblical data, the Canaanites were a clan settled in the southern, southern border of Judah, originally more advanced in arts than the Hebrews, and from there later learned much. The time of David and the Canaanites were finally incorporated into the tribe of Judah. Their Emponius ancestor was Cain. Yes, Cain, whose descendants, um, whose descendants in Genesis attributes the invention of art, working bronze and iron, and the use of the instruments of music, etc. Seance has inferred that the Canaanites were tribes of Smith, in a view of which statements was led to support. Jephro, the priest of the Mennonites, right? A father-in-law of Moses. Now, there were several different Mennonites, right? There were Mennonites who were a holy priesthood unto Hashem because they served God, okay? They knew of God at first before they got converted to God. He was just another deity to them. But once they saw the uh, miracles of Egypt, they converted over to serve God as a holy priesthood. Same token, there were those of the Mennonites who were just straight down evil, like we're going to read about later, who were bridged and merged with the Canaanites and their demonic god, Baal and Ashtar and the sun god and all that other evilness, which we rebuke in Yeshua's great name. Is the judges have been Canaanites? This indicates that the Canaanites originally formed part of the Mennonites tribes. In Exodus, according to uh, Jephro, Initiate, initiates Moses and Aaron into worship of Yahweh. Several modern scholars believe in consequence of this statement that Yahweh was a Canaanite deity and that from the Canaanites through the agency of Moses was worship passed through the Israelites. This is what I believe. I believe the Mennonite Jephro was a priest unto Hashem and that Hashem revealed himself to Moses to go and do his great works. Uh, let my people go, right? This is what I believe. Who is Asher? The eighth son of the patriarch Jacob and the tradition of the Pergentar of the tribe of Asher. He is represented as the younger son of Gad. These two being the sons of Zelpha, the handmaid of Leah. Leah was the less loved wife. Rebecca was the real loved wife. That's how I remember that. <laughs> From the time of Asher, there was no good terms on his brother because he had informed them of Reuben's sin against the stepmother, Belhad. What was the sin? Reuben most likely um, gave Belhad some mandrake, which is a hallucinant. And then he went into her room and lifted up her skirt and let's call it what it was. He raped her because if you don't know who you are having sex with, you think it's someone else. It is rape. Same thing that Leah, the less loved wife, did to Jacob. It was rape. Do not minimize it because it's a man or because it's a woman. It is still rape. 
Asher is regarded as an example of a virtuous man because he revealed what Reuben did to the stepmother. Asher married twice. His first wife was Adon, which we read about is an Egyptian god. Why she had that name, I don't know. Probably because she was a great granddaughter, granddaughter of Ishmael, whose mother was an Egyptian slave, Hagar, and Hagar was worshipping all these demonic Egyptian gods, and obviously she taught it to Ishmael. Nothing new under the sun. His second wife was Hadura, the great granddaughter of Edber, and a widow. As a reward for his righteousness, Asher, his tribe, conquers the Kenites. What or where are the coasts of Chetam? Now, Chetam is down here. As you see the word, the Great Sea, um, in this area, you'll see Assyria to the left. You say, see Chetam. These are these coasts. So they say it's closely related to Babylon, closely related to Persia, closely related to the Greek closely related to Creek, that whole territory. But you can see Egypt, you can see Arabia, um, you can see Madagascar. So I believe it has to do with that whole area because it says the coast of Chitan. So in my opinion, it will be, yeah, the land, but also the waters because those are all waterways. And let's say there's a feast or a, feb or a festival going on. They're probably gonna make stops if they're journeying on land and they're gonna meet that area, the people in the area and mix and mash and all this stuff, right? Same thing with the waterways. This is what I believe is possible. Uh, the empires of the Old Testament map, or Ketam, plural. The name of the branch of the descendants of Jova, the son of Jephath, Balaam foretold that the ships shall come from the coast of Chetam and affect Elbar. Nathan excuse me, Daniel prophesied that the ships of Chetam would come against the king of the north. It would probably denote that Cyprus, whose ancient capital was called Kinishan by the Greeks. The references elsewhere made to Chetam. These are, have been explained on the ground that while the name originally designed for the positions only, so it was thought that it was by the Phoenicians only that name referred to. It is came later to be used for the, only the islands of various settlements. That's why I believe it's that whole area on the sea coast that they occupied. Then the people who succeeded them when the Phoenicians came to power decayed. Hence it designates generally the islands and the coast of the Mediterranean and the races that inhabit it. I believe it's possible it's that whole area of those people and those who travel there and then go back to their homelands. What or who is Asher with a double S? Name of a city once the capital of Assyria, Asher was apparently the first important town built by the early colonists in the country who probably came from Babylonia right oh it's all coming together <laughs> one of the earliest known rulers of Assyria Shamish Adad the first erected the city of Asher a temple dedicated to Anu or Adad Asher may be regarded as having been even the earlier date a capital of a newly found principality of Assyria when 
a tribe or a nation takes over land and they name it after one of their demonic gods, that principality is placed as a vortex, as a stronghold up to the heavens to pull down that evil demonic spirit upon those lands and create a stronghold. Told y'all, ain't nothing new under the sun. Who or what is Ebar? Eponius, ancestor of the Hebrews, grandson of Arphaxt, the great-grandson of Shem, right? S-H-E-M, Shem, father of Jechthon, the ancestor of the Arabs. Now, I don't know why earlier it said it can't be the Arabs. I believe it has something to do with them. And Pelag, among those who pro progeny the fifth generation of Abram. This explains the fact that the genealogy of the Semites, Abraham, and especially Israel are called descendants of Ebar, uh, for which is Ebar is originally the name of the person uh, that land was named after. It would be strange that Abraham should have been so closely linked to him, since Ebar was not his immediate ancestor, but one six times removed. So a great, 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 great grandfather. Ebar was originally the name of the region that it took so important place of the genealogical tree. The Babylonian name corresponds to the Hebrew Ed Ha Nurhar is Edivar. Edbari Narai. Now this is to me trying to make sense of the whole Bible verse. Okay, this is me trying to put it together. No, I'm not an end times expert. I'm not a day of the Lord expert. I'm not a Bible prophecy expert, but I can read and I talk to God. And I believe we're, for where I'm at right now, God has revealed this to me and he might expand on it later like he always does as we grow in him. Amen, in Jesus name, all right. For one for verse numbers 24 18 Adam the land of sire the land shall be possessed by their enemies next questions are who are the enemies of Adam and sire I'm going to guess not just Israel but regardless Israel will do valiantly over others two for the verse numbers chapter 24 verse 19 Jacob, which are those nations who God accepts into the family of Christ, even before they are completely converted, will destroy the nation of the Edomites, remainders that were not completely taken out by the root in previous battles of war. 3. Numbers chapter 24 verse 20. I believe since Amalek was the first of the nations to vex or curse and war against Israel, their judgment shall be served around or in the time of the day of the Lord. 4. For the verse, number chapter 24, verse 21 and 22, the Kenites, descendants of Cain, if even they build a strong house or fortress of stone or rock in Petra or wherever it is, they can't be Petra because that's where the remnant nation of Israel is supposed to flee to in the mountains. So even if they build their houses in the fortresses of stone, possibly underground, like the underground cities um, that the elites and evil ones build in the waters and in the mountains, I don't believe that the righteous nation of Israel 
I still believe that the righteous nation of Ash Asher will be able to carry them away captive. This is what I believe. Um, I believe some of that is probably going on now. Verse number five for verse 24, chapter 24, verse three. Who shall be alive in faith when the Lord returns? For this, I prayed about it, and I believe it's found in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 43. We read, And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that they ought always to pray and not wax faint, saying, There is a judge in certain city who feared not God, neither revered man. And there was a widow in that city which came unto him, saying, Do me justice against my adversary. He would not for a long time be afterward, he said to himself, Though I fear not God, nor reverence man, yet because this widow troubled me, I will do her right, lest at last she come and make me weary. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge saith, now shall not God avenge his elect, which cry out day and night unto him, ye though he suffer long for them? I tell you, he will avenge them quickly, meaning in God's timing. But when the Son of Man cometh, the day of the Lord, shall he find faith on earth? I believe it echoes what we were reading about in Numbers chapter 24. He spoke also this parable unto a certain which trusted them that were just and despised others. Two men went into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a, poli a, public a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus, oh, this gets me, I'm holding it together, I'm going to hold it together, my Lord. The Pharisee stood and prayed and to himself, O oh God, I thank thee that I am not as other men, extortionists, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I've possessed. But the publican standing far off would not lift up so much his eyes to heaven, but smote his breath saying, O oh God, Be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man departed to his house justified rather than the other. For every man that exalts himself shall be brought low, and he that humbles himself to be exalted. They brought unto him also babes that should be touched them, that he should touch them. Then, he, then his disciples saw it and rebuked them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer the babes to come unto me, and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whoever receives not the kingdom of God as a babe, he shall not enter therein. Then a certain ruler, saying, Good master, what ought I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, Why callest me good? None is good, save one, even God. Thou knowest the commandments, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy mother and thy father. And he said, All these I have kept from my youth. Now, 
when Jesus heard that, he said unto him, But yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that ever thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when he heard these things, he was very heavy, for he was marvelously rich. And when Jesus saw him very sorrowful, he said, With what difficulty shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Surely it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, the needle's eye was the gate to the city. The camel would have to kneel, humble itself, and bow down to enter in. So Jesus saying it is easier for a camel to, this big animal, to do that than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Then they said and heard it, and they shall be saved. And he said, the things which are impossible with men are not impossible with God. Then Peter said, lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that has left or house or parents or brethren or wife or child for the kingdom of God's sake, which shall not receive much more in this world and in the world to come life everlasting. Then Jesus took upon him the twelve and said to them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem and all things shall be fulfilled to, to the Son of Man that are written by the prophets. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, and shall be spat, spitefully treat, entreated, and shall be splitted, spitted on. And when they have scorched him, they will put him to death, but the third day he shall rise again. But they understood none of these things, and this saying was hid from them. Ne neither perceived they the things which were spoken. And it came to pass, as he was to come near unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayward begging. And when he heard the people pass by, he asked what it meant. And they said unto him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. Then he cried, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him and should hold his peace. And he cried much more. O son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, saying, What will thou that I do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. Then immediately he received his sight and followed him, praising God. And all the people, when they saw this, gave praise to God. I love those, that chapter. Sorry to get so emotional. But to me, that chapter speaks of Numbers chapter 24 about the nation of Israel 
about everything that a lot of things are going to happen at the end time. We see it now. Those who have sighed and called out to Jesus, I do believe they will be saved. Those who train up their children and teach them of God, even from when they're young, I do believe they will reach heaven. Those who uh, rely on their riches and their wealth that is to come after this, because God has said, and they're not willing to give all that up to serve the kingdom of God or use their wealth to serve the kingdom of God. I do believe it will be difficult for them to reach into heaven because they are not saying, God, you gave me this wealth. What shall I do with it, my Lord? That's all God wants. And he's like, go do this. Go do that. Go do it. More will come. Don't ever think the riches of heaven run out. They never run out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 6 of verse, number verse 24. Assyria shall be subdued. Babylon shall be subdued. And possibly Roman and possibly the Arabs. And all the rebellious Jews and Christians from any tribe. Key points from any tribe. Jews, Hebrews, and Christians. If you rebellious against God, it doesn't matter what title you put in front of your name. It could be bishop, it could be apostle, it could be saint, it could be mother, it could be daddy, it could be whoever. Christian, Jew, Roman, Arab, whatever it is. If you don't accept God as your father and Jesus is your savior, you ain't going into, into heaven. That is it. It doesn't matter how nice you are, how much you give. How you never do anything. No, 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 no. Jesus is the only way. Amen. Now, I am not. Oh, let me finish that. Sorry. Christians of any tribe also shall come to destruction. But those who use the Phoenician waters way of coastal lands at the time of the occurrence, the day of the Lord. That's what I believe. We'll see. Now, I am not an end times expert or day of the Lord expert yet. I am trying to make sense of it all. So please, 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 please do as I do and always ask God for confirmations, wisdom, education, discernment, and answers. In Jesus' wonderful name, yes and amen. Amen. All right. So that was the historical part of the Bible teaching, the biblical part. And now we are going to go into... Uh, the Torah part of the teaching. Now, the Torah part of the teaching, I um, teach based off of the Bible verses that I feel that God has led us to, um, to avoid redundancy. I don't, hello, hello, to avoid redundancy. I don't go over the Bible verses again. I only go over the ones that God revealed to us. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for your teachings. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your shelter. Thank you for being our provider. Thank you for being our source. Thank you for being our refuge and our strength. Thank you for watching over us in your protection, in your love, your kindness, and your mercy. But most of all, thank you for our Jesus. We pray this all in the mighty name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruhakadish, and filled with the blood of Christ. Amen. Verse 4. Balaam was in, actually, let me show you guys something. I really like this. Let me put that right there. So I am going to go 
to the blog. Oh, I guess I don't need to do that then. I thought I would make it dizzy for you guys. I'm gonna go to the articles where we have our blog. Hopefully it posted. Did it post? No. Hmm. I wanted to show everyone what it looks like. Um, with the, I really like the way I did the, the blog came out on, um, minds. I couldn't do the same thing with, um, the article just because of the audio or the podcast and everything like that. So right here, I'm going to show everybody. Haha. -ha. I put it side by side right here. So I like this. This is really cool. So I put the Bible verse of, of the, let me change screen. I put the Bible verse and then the Torah and then the Hebrew right. I try to line it up as close to next to each other as I could, but it kind of didn't work out, but it kind of did. So I wanted to show everyone this. All right. So verse four, Balaam was in a sleep-like trance. The word of the, of the one who hears God saying, who sees the vision of the almighty fallen yet within open eyes. So I liked it because like I said, God showed us that his physical eyes were closed, but his spiritual eye was open, not talking new age. Verse five, how godly are your tents, O Jacob, how your dwelling places, O Israel. Dwelling place, referring to a modesty and sensitivity demonstrated by the arrangement of the tents and camps. Habitations of Israel, a spiritual heritage. Tents includes to the study of the halls of the tabernacle or um the halls of the library where they learn the Torah or the Bible of God's word. When we study in our home the word of God like a like we do here at the Bible study or you in your prayer closet or prayer room, that is considered considered the dwelling place of the Spirit of God because God will come upon us when we are praying, you know, in our homes. That's why we're not supposed to be like Job and his family that were just partying it up seven days a week and never praising and raising and giving honor and glory to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, some Hebrew or Jewish commentators uh, or historians or rabbis believe God took his anger out on the synagogues and temples in order to not destroy the nation of Israel when they went against him. You know, that's very sad. I wish we wouldn't go. Let me change the screen real fast so I don't make everyone dizzy. Um, I wish we wouldn't go against God. It's, it's so much easier than said, right? So much easier than said, done, done, said. Oh, Father, forgive us. Here we go. Let's go back to the screen. A star. Now, I went over what I believe about the stars, all right? All right, verse 17. Balaam's entire series of pronouncements encompassed four periods in Israel or Jewish history. In the wilderness, there were impeding conquests of the land, their period of greatness after conquering the land, and their surrounding enemies, and now 
the end of days. Now, this is why another reason I believe, uh, and it's often not included. When people talk about the last days or the end of days, they normally don't include this Bible or this chapter. And I don't know why. They'll talk about, you know, of course, the book of Revelations. They'll talk about the book of Job. You know, some of the other minor prophets. They'll talk about Isaiah. They'll talk about um, Elijah. Of course, our beautiful Jesus, his words. But I haven't heard this chapter reference. Maybe I just missed it. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. That could happen. Anyways, a star. We went over what I believe stars are, right? <laughs> All right, 18. Edom, Sire and Adam, Isus, descendants, Hittites, the Hittites, ancient people, established a powerful empire. This says an Asian minor, which I thought was interesting. Most individuals don't mention the ancient or other lands they say oh well it's not in the bible first of all asia the asia minor we know they're mentioned in the bible but like the united states of america it's not mentioned canada isn't mentioned south america isn't mentioned but yet it's here it exists obviously so for individuals who say well they must disappear uh during the end of days or during the the day of the lord I don't believe that is biblically correct. And here's why. God calls, or he speaks through his prophets, and he calls, if he's not speaking to an individual person, if he's not speaking to an individual person, but speaking to a nation, he calls a nation by their tribe, right? He'll call the nation by their ancestors' tribes. He'll call the nation... Um, <clears throat> by the characteristic or the sin that is over the stronghold of that nation. I'm trying to think what else. What else have we heard? That's mostly it. There could be others. But we're just going to go with that for now on and we can expand later. My point is this. Um, it's not biblically sound, in my opinion, or correct to say, oh, because Canada isn't listed um, at... In the book of Revelations, it must not exist come the time of the day of the Lord. Neither is it correct to say that about South America or or North America. That's just my opinion. Alaska isn't mentioned either. Neither is the South Pole. Come on now. Antarctica isn't mentioned either, right? So neither is Alaska. Thank you, Father. You see what I mean? So it's not biblically sound. And I think which would be more sound was find the nation, find the tribes, they're doing the tracker marie you know what the evil people know where the tribes are and they're trying to find them why do you think they have these 23 and me and the selling and donating of the blood so they could do all the testing to find out where the tribes are that's why they do it thank you father so when all these things come to pass i believe this is why god has been telling us to find out what tribe is our tribe what tribe we are a part of so we can look through the Bible and look through the prophecy, talk to God and see what we are supposed to do when these end of times and these times come. Amen. Amen in Jesus name. All right. All right. Head tight. Ancient people established powerful empire in Asia Minor and northern Syria. 
The language of the Hittites was related to modern-day Indo-European languages. Just saying. Just putting it out there. Ships, ships, <laughs> ships of Kittam or Shittam are those of Roman. That's what they say. Babylonian nations are those of the Samaritans or the Akkadians, A-C-C-A-D-I-A-N-S. Or the Amorites, or the Assyrians, or the Chaldeans, or the Persians, and or the Hittites. Oh yes, the Hittites mixed with the Amorites. Mm -hmm. Chittim or Kittim may mean even Western races, the Greek or the Turkish, or the Creek or the Ruhads, Ruhods, R-H-O-D-E-S. Ebar, um... Some historians or translators believe that could be the Hebrews or Syrians. Jessiman, J-E-S-H-I-M-E-N, same wilderness as when King David hid from King Saul in. Almighty or the, or the word Sadei, S-A-D-D-A-Y. A known Egyptian inscription on the name formed of Sade is the name used by the patriarchs Yahweh, was adopted and was used by the Semites in Egypt before Exodus. Almighty. Aw. The Amorites used a slightly different version of the word Sade, which means Almighty, which translates to Yahweh in the second millennium. My accent, I apologize. Why is that important? Because the Amorites, the Egyptians, um, and some of the other Canaanites and all them, right? All those tribes, they did not recognize God as the great I am. They recognized God as a deity as an L, as a God. They thought God with a little G, but in truth, God is all caps, capital G, capital O, capital D. God is the God of God, God of hosts, right? God, our creator, God, our savior. Um, but they didn't recognize God in that way. But the nation of Israel did when he offered the Torah to them. See, God offered the Torah to every single nation that was on the earth at that time. They were all over the world for it was written they were scattered to and fro, right? God went about to each nation and showed himself with his awesome and his wonder and his signs. The only nation that accepted the Torah was the nation of Israel. And that's why the nation of Israel is his first of the firstborn, the humans, right, of his creations. That is his holy uh, nation. Then the nation of Israel has, you know, then it's the Levites. Then after the Levites, then before the Levites, I should say. It is the Aarons, right? The Kohanams, the holy priesthood. And before all them, it's Jesus. <laughs> Amen, my Savior. The Amorites used, yes, we use that. Verse 23, so let me scroll down. Oh, that is 10 through 18. Let me find verse 23. I like the way it looked on the blog. I wish I could have done it for the uh, the newsletter for, but I used the newsletter for um, 
the podcast. Yeah. All right, so let's look at this. There we go. Verse 23. He took up his parable and said, Alas, who can strive, survive these things from God? Alternate translations read, Who shall survive of Ishmael? Now, the Ishmael is the Muslims, is the Islam. If you don't believe it, you can go and ask God. We have to pray for them too, because they first started out from Abraham. 12 tribes of Israel, Ishmael, 12 tribes of Israel, 12 tribes of, oh yeah, who was that? Israel, Ishmael, and then we just said it, God. Well, you just showed us. 12 tribes of Ishmael, 12 tribes of Israel, 12 disciples of Christ, and then 12, thank you, Father, Isu, right? So we got 24 tribes over here of evil and 24 tribes of righteousness and good, y'all. Yes, each one of them saw some of them weren't married and some of them didn't have children. You can say whatever you want to say. God made a nation out of them somehow, some way. I don't know the particulars of it, but I do know this. God made it happen. Amen? Amen. All right. Shetam uh, Almighty Amorites used. Oh, last verse. Verse 23. Alternate translation, who shall survive of Ishmael? Who shall convert from Islam or Muslim and to Judaism or Christianity? And Jesus mighty name. All right, children of God. Yay. Oh, we are at almost three and a half hours. See, it wasn't that long. <laughs> I love teaching Bible studies. I love studying. I love that God has called us um, to study more and go in debt. In debt. Uh, so let's, here we are, go into prayer and close this out with a prayer. And then we will uh, come back another day when God says it's time to go over the next Bible study. Amen. Amen. There we go. Oh, a little picture. <laughs> Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ Nazareth, our wonderful, merciful Lord and Savior, thank you for this Bible study. Thank you for this day. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for being sound, for being loyal, for being sovereign. Thank you that your mercies endure forever. Thank you that you visit iniquity down to the fourth generation, but you forgive all those who love you, Lord. We pray for this fallen world, Lord. We pray for our nation, our nation in particular, the United States. Forgive us of our many sins, Lord. Forgive us for being in wars we had no right in being, for being in lands we, should, we had no right in invading. Lord, forgive us for being self-righteous for thinking we we knew better and for thinking that we could conquer other lands and and put our will on them lord instead of your will and 
forgive us for being corrupt. Forgive us for evil deeds. Forgive us for the murder of the young and the innocent. Lord, forgive us for having scales and bells over our eyes and refusing to see the truth, God. Forgive us for our abominable sins, Lord. For teaching our sons to be harlots and our daughters being used for wine, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for looking at celebrities and making them idols and focusing on corrupt entertainment and entertainment that is nothing of you and that should be cast out and thrown out immediately in Jesus' name. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for being like Job and not correcting our children and not being bold and courageous lord forgive all of us who have blasphemed your beautiful name forgive us for all of us who have turned against you god forgive us for all of us that have a, have blamed you when it was our own sin and our own ancestral ties and our own blood sides and bloodline curses that have caused all these troubles to come about lord forgive us Forgive us for seeking the stars and the planets and natures and all these totems and all these witchcraft sources instead of seeking your beautiful face and your beautiful name and your revelation and diving into your word. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for going by the world's advice, the corrupt, perverted advice. Lord, forgive us for not seeking your face in all things. And forgive us, Father, for not giving you honor and glory for every single blessing from our very breath to our body that works correctly, to our homes, to our land, to our water, to our food. God, forgive us. Forgive us for not wanting the headache that comes with fighting. Forgive us for not wanting the stress that comes with seeking your victory. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for holding back when we should have spoke up for those who were weaker than us and not protecting the meek and the widows and the orphans and the fatherless. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for misspoken words and our slander and our, and our bearing fault witness and our being coveting of others' property and their houses and their territories and their spouses and in their vehicles, in their homes, in their lands, in their animals, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for abusing our bodies and the bodies of others, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for removing you from every place. Lord, forgive us for removing you from churches and from schools lord forgive us for appeasing those who don't know you and don't want to know you forgive us for accepting the flattery of our enemies above the rebuke of your truth and correction lord your loving correction and truth lord forgive us god we have done so many terrible things lord I pray that each and every one of your children come to you and seek how they can make repentance and correction and atone for their sins with you, Lord. I forgive. God, forgive us.
I pray that each and every one of God's children just take moments with him every day, every day. And say, God, you know, to look upon your face Lord I'm just a sinner and truly mean it and and try to find ways where they can humble themselves each and every day and seek God it takes but a moment it takes but a moment to save your life for someone else's for the greater good for the glory of God it takes but a moment I pray more of us in Jesus' name take those moments and, uh, and seek God's face, humble themselves, and uh, receive true, pure, good healing and love through our Lord. Amen. Amen. As always, we pray for our President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. We pray for President Putin, we pray for all those that are doing great deeds for the glory of our living God and for your agenda, Lord. We pray for all those that are seeking your face, everyone within the body of Christ. We pray for the other prophets, the other seers, the other saints, the remnant army, the prayer groups, and the praise warriors, the Bible studies, the missionaries, wherever you are in the body of Christ. <laughs> May God continue to bless you, anoint your head with oil from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Amen. Your hands and your ears and your eyes and your mouth. Amen. May God continue to be with us always. May his face forever shine upon us. May he give us his peace. Pray this all in the mighty name of our Yeshua HaMashiach, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, and sealed with the blood of Christ. Yes, and amen. <laughs> I get so emotional. I love my Jesus. Alright, so till next time, children of the Most High, ever-loving, living God, may God bless you, may God keep you. May we all be forever written in the book of life. Amen. Let's try that again. Uh. <laughs> I get lost inside my thoughts and when I start to think Oh, the whole closest starts to end up on the brink I tried so hard but all these scars they cut so deep I bleed I fell so fast from heaven it's like someone clipped my